It's time for the movie rating. Tonight's victim is director Michael Musatsos that is currently doing the film called The Butcher. Hello. Hey, how are you? Surprisingly nice and cool. What 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 we got going on with this film? How actually how long has this been going on for a while? I mean, you've done a lot of other film projects since then, but this, is this your main one that you're going to currently try to shell out? Or are you are you like bouncing between projects right now? This is my baby. I've been working on this for a little over a year and a half now. It originally was wrapped in a sense back in March, but I had a couple of technical glitches with my hard drive. Believe it or not, I had lost twenty five percent of my footage using reshoots, but not only just reshoots, but I came up with fresh ideas to try a couple of new things to add into the film, which wound up being a blessing because the phoenix is rising from the ashes. It is so much better this way. It's like whatever the gods wanted me to do, I did it right this time, and it's an incredible film. Do you have a a big cast? I mean, can you tell us a little bit about the storyline, just a little tab of not giving away too much? Oh, yeah, no. um, uh, Maria Olsen plays my mom in the movie, and uh, Mason is in it and another person that you all know from the horror genre is Noel uh, Jason Scott. This was an idea that had started in my brain and it was only going to be about a 20-minute short. And I had started filming it with another actor and he was just impossible to work with and I gave myself a little Alfred Hitchcock cameo in it and I decided, you know what, the hell with this. I fired the guy and I decided to be the lead actor and just do it do it myself. So I had approached Maria Olsen because she just came out with on your brain deja vu and I've known her for a few years and she read the script and loved it and wanted to play my mom. It's more of a cameo role for her really. But things just started going into place right after that and all the doors started opening and I wasn't getting any of that negative stuff that sometimes you can get when you're in the three planning stages of a film. What I decided to do was Adias Hyatt is my character's name. He's a master chef and he owns a few restaurants. And what happens is he finds out later on and it's explained that he has mad cow disease. And as he starts going into his own craziness, uh, his world of craziness, what he does is he kidnaps foreigners, gets them on Hollywood Boulevard and all types of places and alike. He cuts them up, injects them with his tainted blood and serves them to the masses in his restaurant. So now all of the guests at a range of restaurants and now everybody's winding up getting mad cow disease. So that's putting it in a small little nutshell. Very nice. And a lot of films like that when it comes to these type of horror films. And when it comes to like the killing aspect of stuff, usually, now everyone's got to have a motive to something. And not just straight up killing, because there's a lot of them that just are kind of like silly horror films that are really not just taken seriously because of just hack and slash people. Right. And like to me, I'd rather see uh, what kind of motive or at least get a, a general idea to make us guess what motive he or she is, is trying to go at, why they're, they're killing these people or animals or whatever it is that they're trying to do. Right, exactly. A lot of films, they don't give you the why, and you're just seeing people randomly just going out there and slicing and dicing and doing one now, which is great, but give us a little bit more something, understand why we should feel sorry for this guy. Uh, Charles Manson or any kind of, you know, Ted Bundy kind of serial killer, you have to know the why. You have to be, have the audience be a little sympathetic to the character because if you just have a one-note guy, nobody really gives a damn about him. And it's also about selling that character, too. It's it's not, it, there's a lot of characters out there that in terms of a horror aspect of it. It's usually a one-tone type of character. Okay, right. he's he's crazy and he kills people. That's it. 
<laughs> and then we're going to make a sequel. Okay. But right, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody, everybody's blaming everything on the mother, you know? It's like, we did that in the 80s and the 90s. It's like, uh, can, can we move that on a little bit more? You can't keep milking that. No, definitely not. It's just, sometimes it does repeat itself, though. Even today's modern era. It's Even we got all this awesome technology stuff. We're still going back to some of these older origin stories that did work back then, without a doubt, made recognition. But now, some of them, not all of them, are repeating the same type of element and think that's going to still work and continue to do the next film and next film. Hopefully, I'm trying to do with my film. I want to give somebody a breath of fresh air when they go into a film and not see the same old thing. Although, I do want my film to be based on where I'm coming from in my head is the films from the 80s. Not just a slasher film for the random sake of slashing. I have a friend that did this song for me for The Butcher, and it's got that 80s kind of vibe to it. And there's montages that I show in the movie and help storytelling and being voiceovers and stuff like that. So I'm trying to bring a different kind of twist and a new voice to that type of genre. Uh, you know, I'm not real fond of a lot of the films that are out there. There's, it seems like Hollywood has this new type of set formula. All they're wanting their audiences to take away are jump scares. So the whole Conjuring universe is the Annabelles or this or that. That's just a complete waste. The paranormal activities, I hate films that have found footage. I thought like old school And if we are going to go with, with these type of styles, uh, at least change it up or at least not make it so obvious to the audience. Like, they're going to know automatically. Now, I'm not saying that you could always make it different in terms of keeping them guessing, but at least change it up to, to where they're not going to expect it so right away with the second when they see the title of the film. <laughs> right. No, I just, I just fell in love with a film that Matt Dillon and uh, Uma Thurman did called The House That Jack Built. I also loved last year uh, Joaquin Phoenix did You Were Never Really Here. And Hereditary, I saw that like eight times. And I, tonight I'm going to go see his new film, uh, Midsommar. But uh, these are the type of films that reach out and call to me. It's a, it's a little bit different. It's not all this. Uh, just having the audience build up quietly, 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 orchestral, slam a door, you know, and then they oh my God, you know, it's, it's a jump scare. To me, that's that's not a film. Jump scares are not a film. And when it comes to these horror films, especially if it's down, dirty, gritty, like just straight up blood and gore, and do you think it's easier to market this type of film? Like, is it easier to market with The Butcher compared to any other type of content that other horror films would ever provide? Easier to, uh, to promote something like that with The Butcher. I had a friend of mine that she was telling me, because The Butcher also has henchmen. So he's not the only one that's out there doing a lot of his uh, his killings. She, my friend of mine, she had a great idea. She said, you know, we don't have anything like, say, in the Marvel Universe, but in the horror genre. Get to know the story, the backstories, and you can make a film on each one of your henchmen that you have, Mr. Crimator, or, you know, you have Slayer, and you have, you know, Dr. Comfort. They get together. How do they meet this guy? And something like that would be really great. I mean, the butcher is easy to uh, mode and, and get it out there and to sell it. It is very difficult to try to get things out there. Let me put it to you that way. Now, do you think the audience should see these types of films more like a misplaced art type of metaphor rather than just look at it as a, as a film itself because they're seeing your vision? Yeah, absolutely. I do. A lot of it is a lost art form that's out there. Kind of hard, uh, hard questions. Now, many films do 
have that whole restriction about the ratings and, and everything and the content and everything else that they that they can actually use but do you think it's actually taken away the director's vision as explanation of the film because of these rating restrictions or do you think it's easier when it comes to going toward the more independent route i think it's a lot definitely a lot easier going with the uh the more the uh independent route you don't have anybody trying to pigeonhole you and tying you down with certain restrictions. I mean, in my film, I'm not worrying about any type of census bureau. First thing in my film, there's violence in my film. I don't have anybody tell me it's gone way too far, so nobody's pigeonholing me. Being an independent kind of guy, an independent artist, I'm just going out there and doing my thing, man. You like my thing, it's great. You don't like it, you know, great for you too, groovy. Doing horror films in, with a PG or PG-13 kind of not really, you know, a way to go. Sometimes you, you don't really have to feel the blood and the guts and the violence, a la Alfred Hitchcock, but you never got to see her being stabbed. Today's market, everybody everybody wants to see everything that's going on today. So you can't make films like that with just alluding to certain things. It, it really sucks that you have to be pigeonholed by your studio, especially when you're trying to be really creative. If that's what you have to do at the beginning to, uh, to get your work out there, then you know that's the route you're going to have to take. And then hopefully you become that type of a person where they give you free reign and you don't have to worry about pretty much what anybody thinks. Yeah, unfortunately, the director, just as much as an actor would, have to prove themselves that they can make this vision happen and make the make the company's money's worth back because they're putting all this money and effort and everything else. You have to actually get this sold in, in so many ways that it's not just getting the, the storyline or a character out there. It's just it's a whole thing. There's a whole thing you gotta get out there. And then that's just not marketing it. That's just getting the idea sold to the studio. That's almost like a pilot. You gotta sell that just to the studio, even though they hired you already. I mean, yeah, I can understand. I mean when people are giving you money, something like my particular film, I funded it myself. It doesn't have to have a huge return. It doesn't have to open up with a hundred million dollars at the box office and whatnot. I can understand these are people that want their money back and their investments back. And and the producers and the studios are giving you that money, people are not here to lose money. So, you know, I get it. I, I understand where it's coming from with the studios is concerned. As far as the other restrictions, like in terms of rules and stuff like that, having to get the, the film out there in certain ways, I mean, do you have to actually make sure that you're well protected as well? Do you think we should still keep some of these in place, even if it is independent film as well? Independent filming is, is totally different. You to a, a studio or anything like that, you know, when you're with that, you're going to have to pretty much, you know, listen to their way, their way or the highway, where independent filmmaking is. I can get my, try to get my stuff out there and really don't have to give two shits about anybody else. Yeah, and it's great. Free, creative freedom is great for that. But at the same time, it's like sometimes at least pick up a company that might will be willing to pick you up to, to so that you can get that additional funding. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that as well. I would not say, I would not definitely not go with the, the bigger studios because clearly they're going to either try to take over completely or basically chop down the fat of what you were trying to do in the first place. Well, that's the thing that, you know, you have a great idea and a great vision and then, you know, then everybody wants everything changed. Everybody wants to try to appeal to everybody. It's like with anything, with a film, with songs, it's like this new uh, songbird, songland that's out there now. You know, these songwriters come in, they have a song and if you're watching it, Everybody turns everything upside down and inside out. It's like, that's not what they started out with. Like, what are you doing? If you came in, uh, you brought me in for a specific reason, you like my work, you like my ideas or whatever, then you want to totally change everything. It's like, that's not where I was to begin with. What are you guys doing? 
It's like you just wanted to whistle yourself, whistle the tune, but they wanted to put a whole symphony in there instead. Exactly. You know, it's like I have a clear vision of what I want. I have the courage of what I want. There are things I created inside my brain. You guys want to turn everything inside out because you want to appease to the masses. Well, sometimes, you know, you look at a lot of these films appeasing to the masses and your money, your movie's still not making any money at the box office. And these are coming from studios. So your movies are tanking left and right. This is the summer right now. If you look at the box office, this is the summer of all movies tanking. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy but how, how these things keep moving along like that when, when, when it comes to that aspect. Satisfaction is like an up and down type of, of, of movement here because satisfaction can either deplete you're never going to actually satisfy anybody. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it, even if, it won't even appeal to the artists themselves. Sometimes the artists themselves are never satisfied with the product that they made. No, you're never satisfied. I mean, I could I could agree with that because I, I would have some films that it's like, when do I say enough? When do I leave it alone? When It's like George Lucas. It's like he said the same thing. It's like you got to someday throw your baby out there. You can't keep protecting it all along. I can't keep worrying about it. I have test screenings at my house. I'll hear 20 different things. I can't, I can't please everybody. I'll go, you go crazy trying to uh, appease to everybody. This is from my gut. I've created these things. I've spent time with these characters. And it's like, all right, maybe I'll tinker things a little bit here and there. But at some point, you got to say, look, I'm putting my foot down. And this is it. Like it or not, this is what it is. Yeah, that, that's where I am. Sometimes. Go ahead and plug in any websites that's related to The Butcher or any websites that related to your past projects or that we can actually check out right now. There are a couple of shorts that I have on Vimeo. I'm the kind of guy that, you know, this is The Butcher's my eighth film. So I really didn't want to throw things out there for people to see unless they were 100%, 1,000%. So I don't want to put half-ass crap out there. You know, I'm not the YouTuber guy. I don't throw every piece of stuff onto YouTube. I take my time. Seven films, whether they were full-length features or shorts, that was my film school. That was my learning school. So now that I'm at the point of The Butcher right now, I'm going to just finish wrapping it up, just finish putting the final touches on. I'm going to put um, a couple of teaser trailers out there and put a trailer out there. This is the proud baby that I want everybody to go and see. Other things I've done were, yeah, they were nice and everything like that, but you know what? You've got one chance to put a good calling card out there, and I don't put crap out for anybody to see. And I'm real happy with this movie, and this is the one I want everybody to go see. See my other work, yeah, yeah, small little things here and there, whatnot, and I don't want just half-assed stuff going out there with my name attached to it. Very cool, man. Look forward to seeing it. And there you have it, everybody. That is director Michael Mutsatsos. Mutsatsos, yeah!